After the Affair podcast with me, Luke Shillings, is here to help you process, decide, and move forward on purpose following infidelity. Together, we'll explore what's required to rebuild trust not only in yourself, but also with others. Whether you stay or leave, I can help. And no matter what your story, there will be something here for you. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the After the Affair podcast, episode number 36 with myself, Luke Shillings. This week, I'm being joined by Tamika Carlton. Tamika is a relationship coach and avid traveller who believes in the power of forging meaningful connections. She's the creator of an inclusive relationship company, Couples Experience, that hosts luxury couples retreats. She has been featured on the Oprah Winfrey Show, Authority Magazine, Her Forward and other high-profile media outlets. With couples, her goal is to create a space of comfort and transparency so they can share their stories and recognise their love. Massive shifts have come from her kind-hearted yet direct communication method and I can't wait to find out much more in today's conversation. So let's jump straight into it. Okay, Tamika, thank you for joining us today on the After the Affair podcast. Um, I've been really looking forward to talking to you. So from what I understand, you are a a relationship coach, but you also specialize in couples retreats and bringing people together at various stages of their relationship. Um, I'll definitely be interested to talk as to what stage the majority of the people do tend to take that journey. Mm-hmm. As in, is it is it always after there's been problems within the relationship, or right. is it something that people would would try and approach proactively? Let's say, yeah. yeah. So, if you'd like to, if you'd like to introduce yourself and, yeah, of yeah, course, know all the so, things. Yeah, works for me. I'm Tamika Carlton. I am a relationship coach and CEO and founder of Couples Experience, which is an inclusive relationship company that hosts couples retreats in several different areas internationally and in the States. And then we also have tons of just really just relationship resources, because ultimately one of the main reasons why I founded Couples Experience was because when my husband and I got together in 2016, it was like we were going through our issues and A lot of times people think, oh, it's a fresh relationship. It's all this amazingness going on. But we were having like real situations that people probably would have been surprised to know about. And a lot of it was, it was like, who do you communicate and connect with, right? How do you connect about these relationship struggles that you're having without having like the shame and all of those things? And, you know, one of the things that I suggested and my husband and I had a conversation and I was like, we need to create that space, right? We need to create that space where people feel like they can be transparent and open about their relationship issues, their relationship highs and lows, and really grow from that. And over time, you know, one of the main priorities for me too was just doing a lot of research and data analysis, especially coming from a marketing background. That was like all my thing. But really just understanding that relationships is how we reach happiness. And surprisingly, in the States, there's only 14% of people that report being happy. And now I'm on a true mission to ensure that we increase that stat and just really focus on having quality relationships. So 
Yeah, that's a little a long-winded version of what I do. No, not, not, at all, <laughs> not at all. So so what do you think it is that would define happiness in a relationship? That is a great question. I think it's comfortability and contentment and knowing that you can be who you truly are in a relationship. You know, over time being a relationship coach and just surrounding myself with a diverse array of relationships and individuals, a lot of people just are not happy because they feel like they're hiding so many things from their partner, right? And I think the main way to get to a sustainable state of happiness, whether it's through couples, relationships, friendships, you know, business partnerships, whatever it is, it's when you really are able to bring your full self to, to the situation. And that's what the couples retreats are all about. And just couples experience as a whole is, is, you know, encouraging people to, to be open to who they are and sharing that and all of the things that they want to present and figuring out if that relationship is fitting for that. Some of the things that I see quite often with my own clients and the people that I work with is the, the, the traits of, of people pleasing and mm-hmm. this, yes. this, this nature in which where one person is trying to, you know, meet the needs of the other, but they're usually through their own expectations and not the other person's expectations anyway. And then, of course, this is also happening on the other side. So you have these two people living these like almost artificial lives of what they believe the other person wants and vice versa. Sure. And then ultimately actually being victims to themselves and yep. not even the other partner just by the way they're interpreting it so when somebody comes to you and they're at this point in their relationship where things maybe communication hasn't been great or there's there's been some awareness i mean actually first to that actually so at what are the common stages in which people are coming on the retreats and coming to you Yeah, I would say from a retreat perspective, it's more people that are either really happy or feeling really happy in the relationship. And they're like, we just want to experience more and experience fresh new things to continue to to break down more barriers in the relationship. So there's like the fresh loving, like we're hyped up in the relationship. And then, you know, there's a really good smaller percentage that is not even a smaller percentage, just about 30% of people that come to the retreats are struggling right? And they either someone has cheated or they're just at this standstill where they feel like their relationship has become really stagnant and they're just not pleased, right? And um, so it, it really varies. And I like to put people together that are in different phases of their relationship, because a lot of time that's, that's how enlightenment occurs and people kind of see themselves at a different phase and all of those things. And it, and it works together to, to get people to a different space. So, so how, how would a couple know? So I'm, I'm thinking back to probably some earlier stages in my life and like friends that I've, sure. I've seen in other people's relationships where, maybe the relationship hasn't been going perfectly mm-hmm. maybe they've been together a few years mm-hmm. and then the this these these common societal solutions of well mm-hmm. let's get married that'll yep. fix it yes. or, yes. let's have a that'll baby do it for let's sure. have a baby you know I can't, you can't even divorce from a baby you know and, right. yeah, yeah. that's not gonna do it okay yeah, no, no. <laughs> exactly and, and and i'm just thinking like from the perspective of let's say they, they were somebody mm-hmm. a couple were looking to try and solve some problem mm-hmm. but you know and they were thinking of things like marriage and children and or maybe they've even had all of those things and they're looking for the next thing mm-hmm. my my gut is saying that 
that wouldn't be an opportune, the perfect time to be coming on something like this, or would you disagree? I, I mean, listen, it's no, I disagree only because, you know, I think the best part about the retreats and just being in relationship in general is whenever one party feels like there's something there, they may not be able to articulate what that is yet. Whenever there is a feeling of, I'm just not a hundred percent, right? I'm not a hundred percent invested in this relationship. I'm not a hundred percent feeling comfortable in this relationship, whatever it is, like that is the perfect time to go on a retreat, right? Because whatever you're experiencing, it's going to like build up continuously in your own life. And a retreat is just going to almost force it to come up in a space where you can be nurtured and you can be kind of coached in the moment and progress to whatever state you need to get to. So. Okay. Yeah, no, I can understand that. And I can, I can see how that, that can work because I suppose, unlike the scenarios I was describing before, you're doing that independently still right. within the enclosed minds of the two people within that relationship there's no external right. factors at play in terms of guidance and and safe spaces and boundaries sure and i think sometimes and not to cut you off but sometimes i i always think a lot of couples are in this phase at home and this goes for individuals as a whole too like just recently like i was like trying to think of a new business idea. And I got stuck because you're in the same situation on a daily basis. And I removed myself from, you know, my daily routine. And then I was re-inspired. And I think a lot of times when you're in a relationship, that's the same thing. You're in this daily routine, but sometimes becomes very monotonous and you just can't see the possibilities, right? But when you're outside of whether it's your comfort zone or whether it's just in a different experience, something is able to be shifted. And, you know, with the retreats for us, you can either do individual coaching. You don't have to do coaching. You can do couples coaching and, or you can just have really good, solid conversations with the other couples on the retreat. And I think a lot of times, a lot of breakthroughs happen through that because another thing, like I said, at the beginning of the conversation is just that you know, being in a relationship, you're not, most people don't have conversations about what they're thinking or experiencing, whether it's with their partner or their friends or their family, whomever. And a lot of times when you do it, you're getting judged, right? Like people are like, well, you should, you know, someone always has yeah. their own insight or advisement. And in this space, and just hopefully in multiple other spaces, you know, you are in a place where you can tell your story people will listen and people will relate, right? And they will just be. And a lot of times they'll share insights, but it seems more valuable when it's coming from people that are in the same predicament or just investing in their relationship as a whole by going to this couple's retreat, right? So, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. I have quite a few people reach out to me and even the the clients, I I work with my clients Mm one-to-one and I sometimes work with, the betrayed sometimes the unfaithful both mm-hmm. male and female mm-hmm. um but i do often get requests for couples mm-hmm. like, like as in like and but often when we, we usually have a conversation at that point mm-hmm. and that conversation usually comes to a, a point where we're, we're we're trying to clarify what are the motivations behind wanting sure the other partner to come in sure. and certainly at this this stage 
in, mm-hmm. in all of those conversations that I've had, it's always ended up being that, well, if my partner does the work, then that will right. fix the problem. Right. And of course, you know, I'm coaching people one-to-one mm-hmm. and so freeing them of that, you know, sure. expectation for the other person yep. to show up in a specific way yep. for things to be okay. Mm-hmm. So you have much more experience than me with the the, the couples type scenario I'd just be interested sure. to see how whether you've seen those kind of patterns and, and oh, yeah. where that diverges and, and how how you overcome those things yeah I think more than it as you stated like a lot of times it's easy to blame or it's easy to say that you know there's always an if factor there like if only or I wish that they would do or whatever and a lot of it is One, why is, you know, having the conversations with two people is what is it that, why is it that you need those things? Number one, figuring out that, because a lot of times it has nothing to do with the other person, why you need those things. And that discovery alone can help people to have a clearer understanding of why they feel that way and have the other partner will have a, a better understanding to at least have some type of empathy if you're in that predicament and that place where you can feel the empathy. Sometimes you're bypass that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. But a lot of times it really is just clearly breaking down the why and the intention behind every action that is needed or required. And I think more than anything, when you come together as a couple in couples coaching, It is more about having a third party that can kind of, you know, filter through the thoughts, of course, and then really kind of allow both individuals to have their moment to shine and speak and express. Because realistically, when you're in a place, even if you're in a decent place in a relationship, sometimes you're just not hearing one another you know, or you're hearing one another in the way that you are, you typically receive information. You're not totally listening and absorbing. So I think that, you know, just being able to read back or disclose back what you're listening or what you hear is very valuable in those situations too. Do you find people often seeking validation? Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, naturally as humans, that's what we need, right? That's, that is just a necessity of who we are. And a lot of times it's the simplest of validation, like, but haven't you noticed that I've been taking the trash out? Like, and it's like those small things are easily ignored and easily forgotten. And those are the things that really matter the most to people, you know, and those are the thing. And a lot of times, once again, like the, the love languages, you mentioned um, just how people love or receive things in their way versus how the other person needs to perceive or receive it. Um, it's just so, so interesting always to see how the smallest of things that small appreciation or throwing the smallest of appreciation for the smallest of things go a very, very long way. It's, it's so true. And I think you know, even just things like activities like taking the trash out mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it seems so innocent, so harmless. You don't really think about it in the context of a relationship unless right. you're a relationship coach. And it's an analogy that comes up quite sure. often, of course. But the the point being that, if you're at a point in your relationship where you're seeing 
your partner in a particular way you've it's, it's almost like you you have I'll often describe it as having a filter on or yes almost like a shaded pair yes. of glasses and yes. it means that everything appears with that tint of green or blue or yes. whatever it is that, that they're looking at so it doesn't really matter what they do or how yes. they do it mm-hmm. it's already prejudged as being mm-hmm. or prefaced prefaced mm-hmm. as being wrong or mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't matter how you know so if even if they do take the trash out they're not doing it right yeah exactly it's it's like a no-win situation it, it really however, is however being able to shift that mm-hmm. and it doesn't take much no and you focus on the positive side and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you start filling that i often describe it as you know having like a a, a pot of which yes. you can fill with evidence yes. of things to support the good things that your partner's mm-hmm. doing and the connection and the trust and all of the things and actually it doesn't take that long when you start looking no those things but it's like when you're in a place where you are not paying attention to those things and you are the other part the other person knows that you're not paying attention to those things those small things can cause such a degree of deterioration in a relationship that just can last for a long time, obviously. And those are the things that, you know, it's not always the cause for breakups or affairs or whatever, but those are some of the key elements that drive people to, you know, away from one another. It drives massive wedges between people. And I think that, you know, it's, it's almost like we're, it's so easy to get engrossed in our daily lives of like these other things that we have to invest our time in. And the most valuable times are those little moments that people are, are putting investments in the other person. Because even with me, like, you know, being in a marriage and, you know, we all make mistakes and I'm sometimes not paying attention either. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm not perfect. And a lot of times it is the smallest things. Like my husband will be like, but did you see this though? And I'm like, well, no, like, <laughs> but once someone kind of calls it out and you're like, okay, because, and a lot of times you're like, but did you see that I did this for you? Yes. You know, <laughs> yes. you're like, but I need the validation first before I give it to you. <laughs> My partner would be loving this. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, this is, this is the key in relationships, but you know, it's one of those things that once I started really acknowledging those things, I realized that those things were his way of showing his love too, you know, and that is how you, you can't replace those things. And I think that we just have to pay attention to the small things and acknowledge and appreciate and find the things that um, they are showing us. They may be showing up for you in ways that you may not necessarily need. And of course you have to cross that barrier of like, love me the way that I need to be loved. But it's also important to ensure that you recognize that the person is showing you love, you know? I couldn't agree more. And that that element of perfection you know um when I mean, many people experience a desire for control yes. humans by nature want mm-hmm. to control things at least most people do and it's not uncommon to link a desire for control with perfectionism or at least elements yes. of it i know it's certainly certainly something i've i've been guilty of throughout my life mm-hmm. and even though i've been able to let a lot of that go and i've been able to approach things in a, from a very different perspective Mm-hmm. Um, there is still that 
point where obviously you can't be perfect all the time. Right. And when you start to, well, obviously, I mean, actually, that is the point. You can't yes. be perfect. No. You know, if I had anything, it's not even, what even is perfect, I suppose, is the, the, probably the better question. But when it comes to people are learning these skills, they're mm-hmm. learning to take responsibility for themselves. They're learning to recognize and view their partner through a different mm-hmm. lens, let's say, mm-hmm. through a different perspective. And they get to a point where they almost, it feels like they know what they should be doing now it's yes. like okay well I, I know that I should be looking at it from this perspective or maybe yes. I should just be looking at it from his point of view mm-hmm. but then comes a point where just like you described and I'm definitely guilty of it you miss it and yep. and it's not until you actually you know later on that evening and you think oh, yeah yeah well, yep. <laughs> it's gone it's gone now and I think that's really important to recognize you know I live and breathe everything that we're talking about and I know you mm-hmm. do too. yes yes and we're both in relationships and we both still have all the same problems all the same things yes the difference the difference for me at least is that they don't compound over time anymore yes correct correct and that takes a lot of maturity emotional maturity and that, that does not happen overnight okay no <laughs> and I think that that's another thing like you have to have like I always tell people when I first got into this relationship, like I had been in previous relationships, obviously they never, um, well, not obviously, but they did not get to marriage. This got like, we got married and I just remember early on in the relationship. And one of the reasons why I got into relationship coaching, by the way, is I was the person that when we would get into an argument, like I would just walk away. Like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want this situation. Like, I don't have time for this. And it there was a point where Logan was like, no, you can't leave. Like, you can't walk away. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can't. <laughs> but you see, there was the, the point is, is that I had to grow from that. Yes. That is not how you achieve a lasting, positive, fruitful relationship, right? And so there are moments where I'm like, okay, I, I, I still want to kind of walk away or get, you know, you get frustrated or whatever it may be, but you, in those moments, you have to remember what is your intention for this relationship? Do you want this relationship to continue? Do you want it to be a fruitful relationship? Do you want to have your best friend in this situation? Do you want to continue to grow in your intimacy? And if any of those questions are a yes, and everyone has their own intention, and you should be clear in what that is, because in my world, whatever you intend, you will create. And if whatever your intention is, you have to acknowledge it in that moment and go into yourself and say, I can't act like I used to act <laughs> basically. And, you know, I, that's what we do all the time. And that's what I tell clients all the time. It's like, you will consistently grow and evolve in this relationship and you have to figure out how you can continue to grow together. Yes. Yeah. You alluded earlier on at the beginning that, um, obviously once you've got into your current relationship that mm-hmm. there was some I forget exactly how you worded it maybe you can read struggles struggles <laughs> but but quite early on yes so yes. yeah so and so if if you're prepared to share a little bit more sure. info about that and then what it was that tipped the balance what what was it that changed the trajectory yeah great question I think you know one it was 
A, the situation where I always wanted to leave just because of arguments. And B, you know, we we got into a relationship really quickly and like it was amazing at first. Like we dated and it was great. And we moved in together really quickly. And like we were getting to know one another really well, promptly. And, you know, there were situations with like most of it external, whether it be like friends or like friends having comments and like us having to get to a point where we were like, this is you and I and forget the external things. Um, And I think most of relationships early on, it typically is external elements that are kind of infiltrating. And I think more than anything, the the way that we got through it um, was really having to hash out and, and communicate. And when you communicate, you have to communicate. Sure, we went through the phases of communication. It's like frustration. Then we went to, you know, let, let's hear one another out and then solving it. But we had to go through that. And we had to experience it in a real way for us to get to the other side. And, you know, that is how we continue to be. We continue to communicate when things are struggling, like we're going through struggles, you know. So I'm thinking, because you're right, communication is the absolute, the the crux of, well, all human interaction. Sure. Both literally and in pretty much every every sense possible. Yep. Um, You mentioned earlier, the differing in terms of, for example, you were saying how you like to just walk away. Let's say. Yes. <laughs> now, may- maybe part of that was that was it. You just wanted to close the door, and not and that, that was that conversation done with. Mm-hmm. And but but there's a stage beyond that, of which I I, I see many people experience within sort of an inter intercouple relationship, whereby one partner wants to deal with the situation their situation. Yes. So that's yes. me. By the way, yes, I'm, yes. I'm the person. I'm, my my brain's active. It's like mm-hmm. I'm feeling all the feelings. I'm mm-hmm. not afraid to discuss them. I'm not mm-hmm. afraid to explore it. I want to resolve. Mm-hmm. I want to. I'm like a, a problem solver. By so I would be people. running away from you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And of course, if 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 you and I were in a relationship like that, yes. I would be getting frustrated because you're running away. You're exactly. you're getting frustrated because I'm chasing. Exactly. And we're we're literally you know at loggerheads. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we help people? compromise in that situation no you're right yeah that that is the the realest relationship struggle in the world is nine times out of ten you're not going to be with someone that is like you and if you are you are not going to be able to for me this is what I you may have you know significant similarities you may have values in common but like true personality types no, you're not going to be the same, which is not even an, an interesting relationship for me. So okay. I would say that when you have that, A, a lot of people want to run from that because they think this is not how a relationship is supposed to be. And that's not true. The truth is, is that a real quality relationship is supposed to pressure, not pressure, but it's supposed to kind of elevate you beyond what you're accustomed to doing. Right. So like, in your case, or even in my husband's case, he had to get to a point where he had to understand that although like I may sit here and have a conversation with you about this, I really don't a want to <laughs> and B <laughs> and, and B. <laughs> 
And B, when I'm having when I'm having this conversation, you have to understand, especially earlier on, that the things that I say, and typically I'm very, very adamant about, you know, conscious being consciously aware of what the words that I speak and all of those things. But sometimes in those moments, the words that I say may not be very what you really want to hear and the way that you want to hear it. So you're going to have to compromise and have a better understanding of that. Right. Same with me is okay. I have to compromise and sit here, although I don't want to, and really learn how to express myself better in this place where I don't want to be so that we can get to a resolution. So it really is like, Everyone is coming together with a better understanding of who they are and who the other person is, and that it may not be immediately a fruitful situation, like in year one, year two, year three, but please believe if you continue to invest in that mode of whatever you're in, that's uncomfortable, it's going to be worthwhile in the end. Yes. So I want to, I want to question you on something because yes, I've actually, I've just recorded a podcast episode that hasn't actually come out yet. Hmm. But it will have aired by the time that this episode. Nice. Perfect airs. timing. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> and I'm talking about compromise. Mm-hmm. And because I think, as, as you describe it, and I think many people see it the same way, when you're in any kind of difference between people, you have one person who is right mm-hmm. and one mm-hmm. person who is wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's, <laughs> let's be clear. Say, let's say, let's say, let's just clarify. But either way, it doesn't really matter. The point is there, 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 you're at like polar opposites in terms mm-hmm. of where you are. And mm-hmm. for anybody who can't see my hands, which is everybody, by the way, I have one <laughs> right up at the top of the screen and one at the bottom. <laughs> so right. what one be, you know, one person is essentially like at a hundred, let's say, and mm-hmm. the other person's at zero. Mm-hmm. And then, the the logic is that that compromise makes sense. Meet in the middle, middle ground. All mm-hmm. these kinds of mm-hmm. this this terminology, this language. But then what that does that brings one person up and it brings the other person down, and they both meet at this you know hypothetical fifty mm-hmm. fifty. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and this I'd like your take on this, but yep. and this is what I discussed. But the problem is that fifty at fifty is still a hundred, so it's actually a zero sum game. You've mm-hmm. made no forward progress by compromise. Mm-hmm. Plus, it also means that if, because to compromise almost by definition is for basically, so in the dynamic that you and I were talking about just a moment ago, it's a little bit like saying, I'm going to have to be in a little bit of pain yep. to remain in this relationship. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to be in a little bit of pain to mm-hmm. remain in this relationship. And that's ultimately what compromise looks like to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe that that's not necessary. I yes. believe there's there's ways in which we can utilize the strengths, the opinions, the ideas, the feelings, and the thinking of both parties to work together. I agree. To aim above one hundred. So, I agree. yeah, I'd just be interested to to, to know yeah. what you're taking compromises when I yeah. when I just describe it that way. I love that description. And I think that, you know, the, the, the thing that resonated with me the most is a, the balance piece. Right. And then the piece that when you meet in the middle, like, but it's actually not really 
like what you truly it's not really meeting in them <laughs> i mean it's 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 a, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a great first step sure sure absolutely like and i'm not, I'm not you, saying it's not i'm not saying you shouldn't progress you've, yes. you've made progress right but i think and what really resonated with me was the piece about you know i'm gonna be in pain and you're gonna be in pain and and that to me is not that's not the the desire of anyone, right? To be in pain for any situation. I think that <clears throat> compromise for me is ensuring, having an understanding that your needs are not always going to be the priority. Agreed. And, and I think that that like, I'm all about self-care and ensuring that like you are, you know, like the focus and like, you have to ensure that you're good before you can offer anything to anyone else. Right. That's very powerful and true. But at the end of the day, relationships kind of encourage us to make sure that we can care and connect with someone else outside of all of our needs, right? And I think compromise is a key element and and you not sacrificing you, but knowing that, like I said, having an understanding and knowing that you your barriers are being broken to evolve. Like, yes. and that's really all I, I think you know, I always have this conversation with my friends that, you know, Logan and I have a lot of things in common. We have amazing conversations and like, we have a lot of opinions that just do not match up a lot of times. Right. (laughs) And we have gotten into heated discussions over these opinions. And we have been like, how did this even like, how did this match even occur (laughs) because of some of these opinions? (laughs) Right. And the thing is, is that when we have clear discussions and we allow ourselves to listen and compromise, because that's really what compromise is too, is listening over time, our opinions have shifted to be more complementary to one another. Right. Which is very fascinating to me because it's very fascinating, right? Yeah. <laughs> like two years ago, if you would have told me that I would believe or, or agree with Logan on certain topics, I would be like, yeah, right. But the point is, is that, you know, that compromise and that listening and that communication and the combination of all of that has allowed us to break down our barriers to grow and evolve and become more of who we are really supposed to be, right? So I think that the pain points should just be more about understanding that this is just growth. It's just growth. Yeah, it's growth. So when people have for the next the next question I've got is regarding after somebody has been to a retreat. You know, it's mm-hmm. a bit like a I suppose it's in some respects not this. I mean how 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 long are these? Typically five to seven days. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So so very intense, but yeah. I suppose on the grand scheme of things, relatively short period yeah, of time. Yeah, super fun so, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah no, there's some fun they, in they there sound, too. They, sound, they sound amazing. Yeah. I mean <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm not doubting that at all. What I'm interested in, and particularly because you'd already spoken about data and something you're really interested yeah. in. I know yeah. I know for a fact that you will track the progress of people beyond their stuff. Oh, for sure. For sure. So 
talk to me about that. Yeah. So, so once someone goes on a retreat, like, first of all, they have the option to reconnect with us and we always follow up. Um, I do one-on-ones and then we have additional resources that we provide and all of that. But as far as like relationship status, um, typically, and this is data analysis too, um, seven out of 10 people that go on retreats feel that they are now able to more, be more talkative. They feel more connected, all of those things. And the majority of the reviews, I would probably say eight out of 10 of the reviews feel like our uh, retreaters say that that is exactly what occurred and they feel more confident in their communication. They feel more connected to one another and they feel like their relationship has taken, you know, a step up. There have been reality checks on um, these couple retreats Mm -hmm. for people. And in some instances, a couple of relationships have ended. And I think that's obviously not the goal, but my goal is always to ensure that people are doing what's best for them. And I think, you know, just once again, allowing them to be in a space where they can't have a, a, a solid realization and feel comfortable in that. And a lot of times those individuals that do decide to no longer be in relationship, they both walk away feeling comfortable versus being frustrated about it. So the, the first thing that I work with my clients with is given, you know, most people approach me any point from a few days after. They've yes. read a text message on somebody's phone, you know, on their partner's phone to, in some cases, a couple of decades or more, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it can be really extend, but they, the first thing that we really focus on is getting clear on what they actually want yes. in terms of whether they even want to be in this yes. relationship, yes. because often it's the memory or the the this this imagined identity of what I looked like in that relationship yes. mm-hmm. that I'm trying to get back to. People mm-hmm. always say, oh, "I just want things to go back to the way they were," but then when I we know. start unpeeling that, it's mm-hmm. like, "No, I really don't want to go don't things want to that, go back. No. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not what I want because I now see all of the bits all of the, that yes. weren't right, or the the bits that I could have done something different." And it just mm-hmm. this doesn't matter whether you on which side of the, the betrayal sure. fence you fall. It applies to, to both partners. Yes. Um, and, and I think I can totally understand how, how that would be true in your situation yeah. as well, where people sometimes go, they are in that environment. They really do start to get an understanding of each other, but also a better understanding of themselves. And then it's like, hang on, actually, this person isn't the right person. It's me. not the And that's and okay. I- And that's why I think it's good to go like on vacations or retreats or whatever it may be with other couples and especially other couples in different phases of the relationship, whether it's early, they've been together for 20 years, 15 years, whatever. And you may lie at the five-year mark or whatever it may be, but not necessarily comparing, but just seeing and remembering either. I remember when we used to be like this and we can like be more fun. So let's like invest in being more fun. Or we should be this way more or whatever it may be. And I think just being able to kind of relate to different phases and different types of relationships is very fruitful for people. And I think that it is, like I said, a reality check. Like they look so happy. We are not. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like either can we get there or no, we're not going to get there. 
ever again. And that is like, I, like you said, that is okay. Like it's okay. If I just always feel that people should make the effort if they are comfortable with doing so and making that effort really makes a difference too, for you to walk away or whatever it may be. And I I think for, I mean, I'd be interested. What's the, what sort of age range? Oh man, it's, it's, it spans the gamut. I would say anywhere from like 28 to about 55. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not that dissimilar. Mine's probably a little bit, I'm probably seeing people more late thirties to mm-hmm. mid fifties is sort mm-hmm. of that sort of window, I would say. And I'm, I'm thinking from like the perspective of, of, of myself, you know, when I was in my twenties, if there's these mm-hmm. like unwritten societal expectations, I know. Of, you know, you know, get, find a partner, I know. Married, have kids, I know. buy a house, do all the things. Right. And all then you it. get, and you get to the point where you've got all of those things mm-hmm. and you know, you, you, know, you don't feel fulfilled in the way that exactly you you're still like you okay what's yeah, next like, what's next <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and you get to your sort of your 40s and then maybe your 50s mm-hmm. and and it's like and you're either in that same relationship or maybe you've moved on to a different relationship mm-hmm. and it's like what? I, there's, Why? I, there's no there's no instructions like, for now I don't, right I don't like know what, what is do. going on <laughs> So it's like on the one hand, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated that right. I've sort of complied with this societal expectation. Right. However, at least I knew what to do. Now yeah. it's like, now what? Now I don't know what to do anymore. So <laughs> Seriously. Well, and that's why it's so good. Like, I love relationships, like, honestly, because you know, I'm data analysis and the 14% of people are unhappy. This is American data, by the way. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, like quality relationships really do have the finesse and the ability to make, not make you, but they help you to be happier. Right. And I think that just knowing how to invest in relationships and the correct types of relationships and ensuring that what you're doing and while you're investing is like fun and enjoyable because all of the external stuff is, it can't last, you know, it's not going to last. And like, we had a reality check and a health scare recently. And, um, that really forced me to be like, all I care about, like in the grand scheme of thing, like being in the hospital, it's like, I didn't care about work. I didn't care about what I wanted to eat because I didn't eat. I didn't care about how I looked. All I care about was my partner, Yeah. you know? And I think there's so much value in having those types of relationships, whether it's friendships or colleagues or, you know, your, your lover, whomever, just knowing that that person is going to be there and vice versa and investing in the correct relationship. And if you don't want to be in a relationship anymore, like let it go. Because I always tell people, if I don't want to be there, if you're sick and you don't want to be there, if I'm sick, then this ain't gonna work. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hospitals are, I find them fascinating. I was actually in hospital myself quite seriously mm. for about five weeks, uh, wow. about, 18, about 18 months ago. And one of the things that I was reminded of, I was on several wards and I mm. met lots of people who were in the hospital at the same time from, you know, from every background imaginable. You mm. know, it's such a, you know, of course, nobody wants to be in hospital. Of course. Usually, the reasons aren't usually positive positive um but it's such a leveler it's such a i suppose a reality check in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. that actually all of a sudden 
all of these superficial things that we've been chasing yes. in our lives, all of these things that we think will make us happy yes they just don't matter anymore yes. because really all that does matter is relationships it just yes. matters it's that connection between you and yes. another human being yes it is so true and it's just a resounding like powerful thing to be a part of and it's frustrating that you have to go through crazy things in the world to get to that place or to be reminded but it is a level playing field when it comes to health and life and death it, it just is and and you're absolutely right like the relationships are invaluable like the love and the connection is just that's it that is it exactly well that's a beautiful place to draw it to a close to make so yes. thank you ever so much again for yes, being here with us today and me. sharing your wonderful knowledge and experience so for our listeners how can people get hold of you what to touch yes, on all the things of course. I'll, include, I'll include everything in the show notes as well of course perfect yes of course thank you for having me for starters this was a wonderful conversation I want to come back no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> but yes <laughs> I love it. Um, can we give me one of these retreats? I'm sure we can work something seriously, out. <laughs> seriously, absolutely. But yes, everyone can reach out to me, couplesexperience.com. And then my Instagram, Tamika underscore Carlton JBP. And yeah, looking forward to it. I do one-on-one coaching, retreats, all of the things relationship-based and would love to chat. Perfect. Absolutely amazing. Thank you ever so much. And Thank you so much. Year. You too. Well, I hope that you found that conversation with me and Tamika as useful and as entertaining as I did. I think the important takeaway for me is that when you're going through a difficult period within your relationship, you can often feel so isolated. It can feel like there's no hope, that there's no way to make that step forward to try and rebuild that connection or maybe even to have success in a future relationship. But like with the couples retreats that Tamika has been speaking about today, this is one of so many ways in which you can rebuild connection with your partner. One of so many ways that you can start to reignite that thing that perhaps has faded in your relationship. But remember that hope will only get you so far. It still requires intention. It still requires you to do things on purpose to help rebuild those connections and to really try and strengthen that relationship to a level that perhaps maybe you didn't even realize. I'd really like to thank you once again for listening and I can't wait to speak to you again next week. Take care.